Welcome to the Godmothers Podcast. I'm Lisa Bevere, and I believe that every woman needs a godmother. And you think, what is a godmother? Well, it is someone who watches over us and helps us transform our seasons of hardship to triumph. And today I'm super excited that I am joined by my beautiful friend, Audrey Roloff. And maybe you know Audrey, maybe you don't. You're probably used to hearing her name together with her husband, Jeremy and Audrey, are New York Times bestselling authors of A Love Letter Life. I love it. I gave it to Christian and Arden when they first started their life together. They also host this amazing behind-the-scenes podcast where John and I got to be on that a couple weeks ago, and we just felt like we were sitting across the table with great friends. There were tears. There was all sorts of encouragement. They are the former co-stars of the Guinness Book Record holding, listen to this, television show, Little People, Big World, and the Roloffs have founded Beating 50%, which is all about marriage. They want to see marriages thrive. And to that end, they have a number one communication tool for marriage called the Marriage Journal. So, so many tools, so much going on. Audrey hopes to inspire and ignite you, and this is why I want her on this podcast, to be more intentional with your relationships, work, faith, life, and they do all of this through their books, their blogs, their podcasts, their writings. I love them. She also, now this is going to surprise you, she loves old cars. She loves camping, which I do not love camping because I love bathing. Uh, The country, getting outside. Well, I I guess I've I've kind of been questionable about my bathing during quarantine. Audrey and her husband, they live in the Pacific Northwest with their beautiful daughter, Ember, and their super yummy little son named Bodie. And it is their hope to own a farm one day and raise their family. And if they do that, I'm going to come and visit you, Audrey. I'm going to invade your life because that is my dream and my husband's nightmare. So, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to the Godmother podcast. Well, that was quite the intro. I don't know. I don't know what else to say after that. Hey, this is what hey, this is what was sent to us and I loved all of it. I thought I'm just going to go for it. So, hey, so we want to open up with some easy questions. Easy questions. Favorite food. Favorite food. Favorite food is peaches. Always since I was a young child, I love peaches. Peach anything, but particularly just peaches, picking them, eating them. Favorite food. Okay. And you know, Audrey kind of has the look of peaches and cream. She is this beautiful, radiant redhead. So I can see that. And then I need to ask you the question, coffee or tea? Which one? Definitely, definitely coffee every day. Definitely coffee. Okay. I love that. And you know, I kind of, I begin my day with coffee, but then I move throughout the day and I embrace tea. So I love that. So uh, off, off, kind of just is going to maybe catch you off guard, but has there been anyone who has been like a godmother to you? Somebody that's come alongside you, seen what's on your life, blessed what's on your life? And if so, what was that that they blessed and transformed? Hmm. Yes, definitely. So when I was in college, I actually had to, I love that you use the word godmother. I mean, I think the word mentor can be thrown around a lot, but um, I had two women. One was my neighbor and she was 
older, like her kids were grown. She was a grandma and I would go to her house and drink tea on her couch and she would pray for me. And she was, um, like every other week I would go to her house on Wednesday night and have tea and dessert. And she would just pray for me and listen to what was going on in my life through those college years. And then I had another mentor that I was introduced through a ministry called Young Life, which I was super involved in, in high school and in college, which is very much um, relationship-based, but also Mm mentorship-based. And her name was Jamie Herb. Her and her husband ended up marrying Jeremy and I. They inspired our marriage journal. They have been like lifelong friend or not lifelong since we met them really, really close friends. So they will be lifelong. Yes. (laughs) And she was in kind of like a little bit younger of a season of life. So I had like the grandma whose kids were grown. And then I had like the young mom because she was like um, raising up children when I was in college. She had young children at home and I got to kind of watch her be a mom. And so that was such a gift and blessing to me. And it wasn't I had actually prayed for somebody like that for the first three years of college and just kept running into walls, like tried to meet with people, but just no chemistry or the timing wasn't right or whatever. And the Lord just blessed me with those two relationships in my later college years. And they carried on after college into my early years of marriage and have been such a gift. And like I said, Jamie is someone that um, is still, I would consider a godmother in my life. So those two for sure. Well, you know, and I, this is this has been my hope is Audrey, I see a lot of disconnect from the older women and the younger women. For some reason, um, I hear from a lot of young, you know, older women that the younger women don't need them. They mm. think that uh, they have nothing to offer. Mm. They they think that they have to be perfect to actually impart something. Uh, They think if they've gone through a failure in a marriage or failure in parenting, that they have nothing to pass on to the younger generation. And what, what would you say to a woman my age or older who is feeling that way? What would you say to her? Well, I would say first, just being a listening ear. I mean, that just goes so far, especially for someone like me in this season of life, like I'm a young mom and, you know, it can feel isolating sometimes. And just to have someone to talk to and listen that's been through it before you is such a blessing. And if someone, I always feel like I tell my own mom this because I feel like my own mom falls under that category, Lisa, of, you know, I feel like she could equip and pour into so many women, but she feels afraid and she feels like she doesn't, you know, have it all together to be able to have something super profound to say. And I'm like, mom, you just by sitting with someone and having consistency and knowing what's going on in someone younger than you's life to be able to just enter into a conversation on a regular basis with them and them not having to like catch you up to speed is such a gift. Like that alone. Um, But I also tell my mom too, like, mom, if someone asks you to mentor them or to have coffee with them or have a meal with them, isn't that an honor? You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not equipped or whatever, but like, isn't that an honor? Like, wouldn't that make, wouldn't that fire you up that, you know, oh, I, I want to like do this and like, what an opportunity this is to, you know, sharpen me and maybe freshen my perspective by talking to someone who is in a generation younger than me. So that's my encouragement. (laughs) I love that. And I I hope if you're out there and you're listening to this, you're hearing this. I do not think 
that uh, the younger generation thinks that any of us have done it perfectly. But I do think they know that there's things we've learned to do well. And I know personally in my own life, everything I've learned to do well, I made the mistake of not doing well first. So I don't want to see my daughter-in-laws. I don't want to see the younger girls make the same mistakes. And, you know, so I think that when we are open and vulnerable about, hey, I understand this was the challenge that I had during college. And and I do think that right now the young girls seem so accomplished. They are savvy in ways that we were not savvy they can open apps they can do things that maybe we can't do and we forget that the most important thing in life is not instagram posts but how to actually relate to one another how to do marriage how to do children how to do female friendships so i want to i want to ask you something what has been your biggest challenge now that you've gone from one child to uh, two children? Oh, gosh. <laughs> challenge? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. Like, I don't know if I have like a real specific one. I would just say, you know, God's growing my capacity for sure. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, Bodhi has been such a good baby. <laughs> He's so cute. Like, like every kid, like your time just gets cut in half, cut in half, cut in half. I'm sure Lisa, you know, four children. Um, so I would just say, you know, less time to be, I'm a very ambitious person and I have a lot of goals. And, and so I've had to kind of hone back some of those things with each kid so far. And I'm sure that that's going to continue. We want to have a big family. So, um, I think God is definitely refining me in, in that, but I don't have something like super specific. I mean, both is only five, four months old. So, Well, you're doing good. I remember when I had my second child, I thought I will never brush my teeth before noon again. I, my life is over. I just, I I was like, it was a major life accomplishment if I took a shower. I just, uh, you know, and I see you, you've got like, you've got makeup on. Uh, That was, that was, this was going to be on video. So I thought I better put on my makeup. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be kind to other people because it's really all about me. I do not want to have to do makeup for, uh, for podcasts, but no. So I remember just feeling like I was out of control. And God said to me, Lisa, you can navigate one, but two means you're going to actually have to really lean into my strength. I would, I would tell young moms, I'd say, one child is an accessory. You take them out, you dress them up, they behave well. It's all a trick to get you to have more children. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I I don't know. But in all honesty, going from two to three was a breeze. And three to four was a breeze. One to two was my biggest transition. So if if you're feeling good, you're in a great place because it should be easy. All right. So now let's let's go back to uh you know what i like to talk about your younger self but you really are a a young self how about we talk to uh, to the single uh you know like the single self because you guys have been married how long now six years almost six years okay so let's say you hadn't met jeremy yet and you were at a season because i do find a lot of um the audience more and more now is single and so many of them want to be married 
and they kind of, I feel, uh, have put their life on hold, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting, uh, which I don't think is is the best approach. So what would you say to somebody? What is what is some of the things that you did in that season when before you got married that that you did? And what are some of the things that you wish you would have done in that season that maybe you didn't do? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the things that I'm so grateful that I did. And I'd say one of those is just the time that you have to be with Jesus. I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say that because I I want to have the same amount of time to be with Jesus, you know what I mean, now in, in all these seasons of life. But it just was so rich for me then in that season of life before kids and before marriage. And I feel like it just really gave me the opportunity to have a solid walk with Jesus before I gave my heart to somebody else. And, you know, like that scripture, like undivided devotion, like I really felt like I was undividedly devoted to the Lord in that season of my life. And I felt like I was so ready to listen to God. Like I wasn't, um, I don't know. I just, I was so, I felt so open and available to God teaching me things in that season of life. I listened to so many podcasts. I read so many books, like I read more in my life during those years of singleness in college than I did, than I have ever in my life. Like I read so many books. I feel like I was reading a book every other week. And I feel like that was the time in my life where I made so many investments into my um, faith and just like walk with the Lord that I, I'm able to pull on that, those investments even now. You know what I mean? Like those books I read then, those podcasts I listened to then, those conversations I had with godmothers and mentors then because I had the time to meet with them, the conversations I had with young high school girls and middle school girls that I was leading because of Young Life. Like I had the time to learn from all kinds of relationships and books and and being in the word. And I'm still pulling on those investments that I made back then. And I feel like that's such a beautiful time of life to be able to just yeah, really grow in wisdom and understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I love that you said that. And I I actually really love the terminology of investment. The Mm -hmm. idea that what you deposited then is continuing to earn interest now. And it's something that you're making withdrawals on. And I, I do hope every single person that is listening and thinking, oh, I wish I could just get married. And if I get married, my entire life will be perfect. I wish every person would hear this because it is true that you will not have the same accessibility to time that okay. you had. And your time is not your own once you get married. You you share it with another person. And so I, I, I love that you are saying what you put in then is producing fruit now. Mm-hmm. So one more um, thing I just want to say, Lisa, because I yeah. do. Like, my sister is single, and she's in her late twenties, and I've talked to her about this a lot. And one thing that I feel like is un- for- unfortunate that happens with pe- single women or men in that season of life is that they will sometimes not spend time with other married couples, or kind of retreat from their other married friends. I, I don't know if it's out of bitterness or jealousy or what it is, or, or if it's just that all of their friends are married. And so they go, well, I can't awkward. Friends, yeah. and I, so I need to go have single friends, but it's like, no, continue to invest in those marriage relationships. Like 
go be the third wheel. Like who cares? And people that are your friends that are in that married season of life, they want to hang out with you still. Like it's not just because it's not that they got married and all of a sudden they don't want to be your friend anymore. And I feel like that's an encouragement to those single people that they need to hear sometimes because they can be intimidated all of a sudden to go and reach out and hang out with their married friends now that they're married. And I just think that that's a lie. And I think that, you know, those, those relationships continue to be mutually beneficial, even when one friend gets married and one friend's still single. Yeah. And I, I, I love that you're saying that. And I also think it'd be really important for married couples, if they do see their single friends pulling away, to yep. reach out to them, reach out to them. And, and, you know, it's, you know, my boys always say this, they're always like, mom, it's only weird if you make it weird. So let's not make yeah. it weird. Let's not make it weird when somebody gets married. You were friends with them beforehand. You get to be friends with them afterwards so um now so you guys have been married for six years what has been the most challenging aspect uh, and i know you've got some unique aspects but what what has been the most challenging aspect of doing a relationship together i would say well gosh there's so many different things i could say um our personalities are very different, but also we have a lot of similarities. And I, I sometimes think the similarities are what makes us brush against each other more than the differences. Um, so we kind of have an interesting balance there of like, we can relate to each other on so many ways of thinking, but then we also have very different ways of handling conflict. Conflict. We have very different um, motivations for what drives us. We have, uh, Jeremy is very, very patient. I am not <laughs> um, the way that we want to address conflict. For example, is like, I want to demand the conversation now because I need resolution immediately. Whereas Jeremy is much more introverted. He wants to think about it. He wants to process it. He wants to be invited into a conflict resolution later, not demanded right now. And so I think that's something for us that we've had to work through is just like being understanding that, our personality differences should never be excuses for staying in sin. They should never be excuses for, for not growing, but also that we can't demand that the other person change to be our way of thinking or our way of doing things. Like we can't, we have to be understanding and meeting them where they're at um, in their growth journey, but also just being understanding of how God made them to be and function. And that is different than you. And so we like we love tools like the Enneagram and love languages and all those things because um, Jeremy and I both have a super strong desire for growth and being refined by each other. And so I think that has, has been one of the helpful things in some, in some of our moments of like heated fellowship and conflict is that we both desire to use that as an opportunity to grow and learn more about ourselves and learn more about each other. Um, but because of that desire, we also find ourselves in conflict a lot because we poke at each other a lot and we challenge each other a lot. And we ask each other hard questions that sometimes don't intend to lead to conflict. But next thing you know, one of us is playing devil's advocate and we're in a fight that we never intended for. So, Gosh, this uh, all sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, uh, since you brought up tools and mm -hmm. you brought up Enneagram, what I'm guessing, what, what are you and what are Jeremy? I'm assuming you're not the same number. No, I am an eight and Jeremy is a nine. So 
Okay, there you Taylor go. Taylor and Challenger, it's a fun combination. <laughs> uh, so I I'm like, <laughs> such a gift to me to be married to a peacemaker because I God knew that I needed that more than anything. And it's such a gift to Jeremy to be married to a Challenger because I like wake him up a little bit. <laughs> I infuse some energy into the, him that like is deep down in there, but like just needs to be ignited. And so, and it's cool that our numbers are, we've talked to like all the Enneagram experts about this. And I, I think it's really interesting. It's very common for couples to like married couples to be next to neighboring numbers, like ah. it's neighbor, fours and fives or twos and threes. Like it's a really common, you know, not that any number is more compatible. Like I God. wish, I wish we had known that we are, we're an eight and a one. Eight and one, okay. Eight and one. Uh, my oldest son Great. and his wife are one and four, and then oh. we have a nine and a five, and a eight and a four. So we we have not we have not made that happen. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, tell I'll tell my one single son, you need to go for a a, a wing, go for a wingman. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love that you brought up that um, personality types are not an excuse. They're mm-hmm. not an excuse for sin. They're not an excuse to say, well, that's just who I am. It, they're great tools. They're great tools yeah. to say, oh, wow, this is, a, this is why this triggers me. But we still have to bring those things to Jesus. We still need to submit ourselves to the word. We still need to cover one another with love and and learn to grow together. Um, you know, John and I, we, we actually just did a podcast uh, before this. And, and you know, I still am under the belief that the first four years of John's and my marriage may be uh, a video clip in heaven. Like there could be some funny scenes of our fights uh, just <laughs> because we were so, we were so ridiculous. Um you know, he he would get uh, he would say, hey, we can't let the sun go down on our wrath. And we would be in bed and he would flip on all the lights and tear the blankets off of me and say, we're not going to sleep until we take care of this. And it would I mean, there would it was hilarious. Now we don't do anything like that. But but those first couple of years were were pretty funny. And I never could have imagined writing a book with John and you guys wrote a book together. So tell us about a love letter life. I want everybody to know about it and um, talk about the, 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 the best thing about writing a book together and the most challenging thing about writing a book together. Since I know that you're an eight and a nine. (laughs) Yes. So Again, like I'm not to bash on the fact that I'm an eight and like I feel like it really does. I mean, I feel like any number can work, but I feel like it's just we are each other's strengths. Like, or what am I trying to say? Jeremy like fills the gaps for me. You know, like he fills the gaps for my weaknesses. And even in writing, like it, it was just such a cool experience to go through that together because the way that I write is very different from the way that Jeremy write and wrote writes. And to co-author a book is a very interesting thing because. You want the story, we wanted our book to be stories that could be offer teachable moments, um, but not be like a teaching book. Because who are we, right? Like we are married six years. We wanted to just tell our story and tell the wisdom that we have been so blessed by from the older generation, kind of like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Jeremy and I have been so blessed by just so many 
fruitful relationships with couples that are in the season of life ahead of us. And they have taught us and imparted so much wisdom into us that we're like, we want our friends to know this, but sometimes we feel like our friends aren't reaching out for that same, like those kinds of relationships. And so we wanted to be sort of the conduit of like, okay, we are in the same season of life as our reader. We want to be sharing our stories and sharing our struggles and sharing our triumphs with the reader in a way that like is holding hands with them. You know what I mean? Like we're in the same season of life as them. But what was really tricky is like, we wanted to tell these stories, but Jeremy has a very different style of writing than I do. And our perspective on what we learned from those stories is also very different. So that was all just like a very interesting process, but um, all in all, like it was very fun. I mean, we got to write a book about our love story, which was really cool thing to just reminisce. And we dated, we had a really long period of friendship and dating before we got married. So Jeremy and I have been together for 10 years. Wow. Um, And so having had that, like, just reflecting back on our season of friendship and our season of dating was so sweet when we were writing this book with a three-month-old because we all of a sudden were reminded of like all these things that we really needed to be reminded of. So that was just a really cool and beautiful thing. And um, the Lord has just blessed this book and blessed so many marriages and relationships and single people through this book. And it's just been um, such an honor to be able to write it and see the impact that it's had. So I I loved it. And I I love how you guys did it. And I loved seeing your dynamic. You know, I got to be with you during one of your first. And (laughs) I don't know if everybody knows this, but you and I were at one of our dear, dear friends, uh, Tammy's. uh, We're at Sandals Church in Riverside, California. And we're with Matt and Tammy Brown. And I got to be there the very first time you got up (laughs) and you spoke. And I just thought you were adorable and amazing. And I just remember all the young girls could just not wait to to just go and be in the recession with you. And we're so inspired uh, by your testimony. And, um, you know, you're you're not just this engaging person. You're also an athlete. And so, you know, there was just like, oh, I just I just remember watching you and thinking, I am just so excited about her future. I just am so excited that I got to be there. And and you were you were so good and um, so engaging. Yeah, for anyone listening, just imagine you know, just imagine me sitting there, and I had to li- I had to speak after Lisa, and you know, just imagine first speaking engagement, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching Lisa just kill it, powerhouse, right? And Jeremy has his hand on my shoulder. It's like, you're going to do great, babe. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's like trying to give me all the encouragement because he knew how nervous I was. Oh, no, but and you were, you, you were great. And, and, you know, Audrey, what has, I mean, so, so here's the thing. Uh, what would you say to somebody who is in a situation right now where they want to, um, they want to communicate because what 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 you brought up is something I absolutely love that I do feel like your generation misses, and maybe it is because you've had the gift of having older women, older couples. I do find that a lot of the younger girls are kind of like, "Hey, um, I'm an expert. I, you know, I have I have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. I probably know everything." 
And I see something in you that is at once compelling, that you are teachable. And what you're saying is, hey, this is what I've learned so far. You know, Mm -hmm. I I haven't learned everything, but Mm -hmm. I want you to come on a journey with me as I learn. And as I learn, I'm happy to share. And um, you and I both have been, been, uh, you know, kind of attacked for being banner holders for truth in a, yeah. in, a, in a time period where people are like, hey, anything and everything is is good. Uh, yeah. And um, what has something that you've actually learned from being attacked? And and and, and I know that I know that's um, this is something this is something I've learned is I possibly have had an opportunity to learn more lessons from hardship and enemies than I have from easy times and friends. And so what is that lesson that you've learned? Yes. Okay. Well, this example just popped into my head because I was actually talking to Jeremy about it yesterday. And Lisa, I don't even know if you remember this, but this is from you. This is from one of your books. Okay. I'm pretty sure you correct me if I'm wrong, but I was reading one of, I think it might've been girls with swords or something. I was reading one of your books, one of the 80 million books that you've written. (laughs) And I was like, so compelled by this one statement, because I feel like it was just written for me. Um, But whenever we receive criticism or pushback or nasty comments online, my personality as an Enneagram 8 is to retaliate, to like jump in there and defend and fight back. And I was reading this line in one of your books and you were talking about how Jesus, when he went to the cross, did not defend himself. And I just was like, whoa, (laughs) like I was so blown away by that because I don't know if that was you. I'm pretty sure it was you, but, um, I, I I write what I need to hear. I write. (laughs) So I was like, just so blown away by that because Obviously, Jesus's life was a testament to true to like he said what he needed to say, say his life, like he lived the example. Right. But then when he went to the cross, he wasn't defending himself against those accusations made against him. And so I, that was such an encouragement to me when I receive criticism. I just think like I'm living I'm, you know, I'm as to the best of my ability going to follow Jesus and walk in truth and be the example but I can't push back and like defend myself against the accusations made against me. And so that's just something that I constantly remind myself of. And it's been such an encouragement. So, and it was from you. So (laughs) no, you know, I, I just, um, I've watched you, I've watched you respond in love. I've watched you be quiet when I know you wanted to lash back. And I, I do feel that, that is not an option for us. We we do not live uh, by the sword. You know, we we live by laying things down and trusting God to defend us in certain situations. We have the sword of the spirit to set people free, not beat them up. Yeah. And I I love I love that you did that. Now I wanna I wanna change gears a little bit. I saw recently that mm-hmm. you just turned in another manuscript. I saw yeah. you guys going. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what what's on the horizon for you? Yeah. So I don't know what at Liberty I am or 
what I'm at liberty to say exactly, but we did turn in a manuscript. We actually turned in our edits, our final edits. Whoa. Last 1 a.m., Lisa. So if my brain is a little, that's <laughs> why. Um, but we basically, after writing A Love Letter Life and just seeing the impact from that book, we wanted to offer a resource that could be more of a timeless, practical resource for couples to refer back to that just was full of lots of questions, lots of practical um, practices to okay. implement a relationship. And so it's much more of a practical book. Um, Jeremy and I are question askers. We love asking hard questions to each other and to other people. Our marriage journal every week is a series of six questions. Like people kind of know us as the question people. Like we just love asking hard questions. And so the book is full of lots of questions um, that you can ask to sort of set yourself up for a more creative and um, fun, lasting love. And so the book is called Creative Love. Um, I love that. Lasting Love. So we talk through 10 different ways to apply creativity to concepts within your relationship and lots of different ideas. And hopefully it becomes a really practical resource for people. That's amazing. And when when will that actually come out? You know, the date for when it comes out has changed so many times. Okay. I, I think it's coming out February 2021. Okay, that's great. I mean, Valentine's. All right. So in light of that, uh, what is something that you and Jeremy are believing for right now? Uh, we know you're believing for a farm. Mm-hmm. We, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that means chickens and goats and some other things. But what is something personal that you are believing for? Because I do believe that um, too many people are afraid to ask. And if, it, if if you say, you know, right now what we're believing for is too personal, that that's fine. Or, you know, uh, if you're saying, I just, I am just believing that my baby's going to sleep through the night, that that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's fine too. But if there is something, I want you to inspire people to believe big. Yeah. Okay, well, you, once you said believe big, I was like, well, maybe this isn't the right example, but this is just what came to my mind. And that is something that Jeremy and I have been trying to set ourselves up for for a long time now. Um, but just believing for more rest <laughs> in our life. And I think like we kind of, we were like the young, energetic, fiery people that were like, we're going to try all the things. And we really had a heart to work together and be on mission together. And and, and do all these things. And we kind of started a bunch of stuff and then realized we can't do it all. You know what I mean? And I feel like the Lord is constantly reminding me, like, you can do all things, Audrey, but not at the same time. You know, that scripture, like, you can do all things, but not at the same time. We kind of tried to do everything all at the same time. And I feel like it's a continual thing that the Lord's trying to teach me, rest. Um, but just we've made a lot of decisions in the past year to set ourselves up to be able to rest better. We have actually um, stepped out of writing a book. We, we retreated from a book contract on a, another book that we were contracted to write and we've taken a step back from it. We shut down a clothing line that we had been running for three years and was like a huge part of our income. Um, we've made lots of decisions to stop things, to sort of set ourselves up for a season of rest um, that we feel like we really, really need because we've just been running hard for a long time. Um, and not just running hard in work, but running hard in personal things and just lots of decisions that we've had to make. And, um, 
So rest is something that I'm believing for in my future and something that we've been setting ourselves up for in the past six months. So I'm hopeful for it. All right. Well, I think every young mother is believing for rest. But I I also feel like if you don't have rest in certain areas, you will not be effective in your other areas. So, you know, just kind of to to wrap things up, I, I hope you heard, uh, you know, what Audrey said about investing, investing mm-hmm. in your marriage, investing well in whatever season that is, whether that is a season where you are a young woman and you're saying, you know, I, I don't I don't know what I'm going to my, my life's gonna look like. I I'm really hoping that one day I'll get married, but understanding that in this day there are things that you can invest in your life that you will not be able to actually have the same time. Uh, available to invest in your next season. Um, Also, as a young woman, finding an older woman who can invest in you. And Mm -hmm. let me just tell you something, as an older woman, it is so rewarding for me, for me, when I see these beautiful young daughters coming up, when I see the Audreys, when I see the girls on our team, when I see my daughter-in-laws, when I see these younger girls come up and they have a posture of humility and they are saying, Hey, I just, I just want to honor God. I just want to do it well. I want to do marriage and life and family and children. And so I want to say to the older women, invest in the younger women, invest in them. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be smart where they're smart. You just need to be smart where they're not smart. And so let's just, you know, let's just speak, hey, this is what I learned. I, this is what I know. I may not know how to do a blog, but I do know how to have a hard conversation. So, you know, invest in those things. And then I hope you hear permission to edit. I hope you put your permission. I mean, um, something that we share in common is Audrey and I have both written books, and a book is only as good as the editor, and the editor knows what to take out so the most important things don't get lost or muddied. And so in this season, I want to challenge you that it's okay to edit your life. It's okay to say, listen, this is a good thing, and it was an amazing thing at one time, but in this time, it may not be the best use of my time. It, it may mean that I can't focus on the things that God wants me to focus on or the things that are actually preparing me for my next season in life. And um, this is why I wanted to have Audrey on. I just... I love you. I, I don't know if it's because we're both Enneagram 8s. I tend to be in denial on it sometimes. I try to make myself a 7. But um, my husband, my husband, I, yeah, I definitely have a 7 wing. There's no 9. There's no 9 wing. There's, there's no 9. We're one of the same there. I'm like, whenever I get out, my 7 wing comes out so hard because I'm like, I gotta have fun. I gotta have fun amid so challenging things. Like I need fun. <laughs> yeah, no, D- John, John has to live with that. We, yeah. we, ha- we had a moment last night and I said, I just, I just need to, I just need to beat you at a game. 
I just need to I just need to be a monopoly deal and uh, I slaughtered him two times in a row and then I wanted for something came up that was a little bit stressful and I said I you know I'm not even sure you're a worthy opponent anymore and he was like okay that's it we'll we we'll play again and so then he won and then I beat him again but but you know we we need to be people who have people around us that sharpen us challenge us and audrey you you make my heart happy um when i see you i i feel like some of my prayers have been answered you know i've i've prayed for years that young girls will come up who fear the lord who are fearless and yet kind-hearted who love their husbands who add a value to women without detracting it from men and uh, i i love that mothers can can do more than um, they think they can do it, but they can't do it all. So, you know, giving them permission to say, hey, you can take care of not just your kid, but also yourself. You you can write what you know, but you can't be an expert in everything just because you're not there yet. It's not a wrong thing. And uh, so I I loved the idea of introducing you to uh, the Godmothers podcast. And I believe that you are a goddaughter. And I believe that you are in other ways a godmother. And I love that you can put your hands on the older women and say, we need you. And then uh, put your hands on the younger girls and say, I see you. And Mm -hmm. I want to inspire you in this season. So... I want to thank you for coming on the show, Audrey. Um, how can people, like, if they say, oh, my gosh, I how can I connect with Audrey on a consistent basis? Of course, they can buy your books, and, you know, they can get involved in your marriage. They can watch for this whole idea of a creative love. But if they say, I, I just want to connect with you, what is some of your favorite ways to connect with people? Yeah, I'd say I'm probably the most present on Instagram. I'm just Audrey Roloff. That's my name. You can find everything that Jeremy and I do, uh, theroloffs.com. You can find our books there, journal, our podcast, uh, behind the scenes podcast. We have weekly podcasts. So that's probably, those are probably the most present places that we are, podcasts and Instagram. You know, I just want you to say, uh, you know, I trust, I trust Audrey. I trust her. um, I trust her eightness but i also trust her i trust her love for god and her fear of the lord and so uh, i just want to encourage you to stay connected with her she is amazing audrey thank you so much for being on the godmother's podcast lisa you're such an encouragement to me and i just look up to you so much and i just want to say what a gift you have been to my life and you and john to jeremy and i's marriage so thank you so much for having me on you need to come and i will feed you pasta (laughs) you know i always am so encouraged every time i get to talk to audrey roloff i could not wait to connect with her and i hope you felt encouraged i love being with her i love her passion for life i love that she wants to do marriage well and i love that she wants other people to be equipped to do that even from the very beginning I, i i love they've done their whole journey of life and love in front of people. I also want to thank you for tuning in today. As a reminder, the new book, Godmothers, it's out there. If you have been listening to the podcast, if you don't know that by now, I don't even know what to say, but it is out there and available everywhere that books are sold. 
I also want to invite you to join me on this journey of becoming God's daughters by having a connection, Godmothers and Goddaughters. You can be part of that by subscribing. You also, I love your input. We we look at these reviews. We want to hear from you. This is an area that I want to hear discussed. So give us that feedback, share it with other friends, subscribe. And until next time, this is your podcast godmother, Lisa Bavier. Thanks for listening to the Godmother Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including Conversations with John and Lisa, the Messenger Podcast, and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can connect with Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and through her website at lisabevere.com. Until next time.